This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Welcome to the another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. I am Brady. And I'm Darius. Today I will be previewing the NFL Week 1 in this upcoming season, plus the Cleveland Indians and their recent games. What I want to talk about today is, uh, uh, right now I'm going to discuss the results from the uh, latest updates from the Nordonia Knights uh, football, their game from Mayfield last night, their opening night uh, home game. Um, I'm also going to talk about the trade made on uh, 31st of August uh, with the Phoenix Suns um, and Houston Rockets concerning Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight, and Ryan Anderson. I'll also be talking about the benefits for the from the Indiana Pacers re-signing their head coach Nate McMillan to the multi-year contract extension. I will, I will also be giving an update on the MLS and talking about the playoffs that are coming up uh, in October, as well as the Cavs' uh, new ways, parting ways with LeBron, what they're going to do with that huge poster that's in downtown Cleveland across the queue. I'll talk about that. And like I said, Brady's going to be talking about all the hype and going into tomorrow's game between the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So do you want me to talk? I'll talk about my high school first. Yeah, I guess let's do right. that. Uh, so first off, without further ado, we have the Nordonia Knights, who are 3-0, already better in three games this year than they were overall last year. They defeated the Mayfield Wildcats by a score of 35-26. to um, although this is uh, the n- most number of points that the Nordonia Knights have given up uh, in their three wins so far, it's still definitely a big step in the right direction for this team, as they are 3-0 and already, especially getting their first home win. Uh, it's, they, that, according to the standings, this makes them first in the Suburban League uh, division standings with the Wadsworth Grizz- Grizzlies, who are also 3-0. and the Nordonia Knights will travel to Wadsworth to take on the Grizzlies this upcoming Friday game time at 7 p.m. Knights looking to go 4-0 and have another phenomenal st- another great win under their belt. Uh, the Wadsworth Grizzlies looking to defend their undefeated streak. Uh, it will def- One of those teams will suffer their first loss of the season this upcoming Friday. And that is the update for Nordonia Knights football. Uh, next to discuss more NBA trade news, more fun stuff from the NBA. From Friday, August 31st, the Phoenix Suns and Houston Rockets uh, made a big trade that in this case was another uh, good step in the right direction for the Houston Rockets for this upcoming season. They traded their forward Ryan Anderson for Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Uh, in this case, the way I see it is you're getting essentially two for the price of one. You have Brandon Knight, who in 2015 and 2016 um, averaged about 52 games, 36 minutes, and 34% from the three-point range. And then Marquise Chris, who played 72 games in 2017, averaged about 21 minutes, 9 points, and 42% on field goals. Now, to compare this, Houston Rockets forward Ryan Anderson played 66 games in 2017, about 26 minutes, 9 points, and 39% from three. Now, all those three stats that I just mentioned from each of those three individual players, they're all essentially about the same, approximately round of the same. So in this case, the Phoenix Suns are getting back one of those stat players, 
while the Houston Rockets are getting basically two Ryan Andersons for the price of one Ryan Anderson, which is the real Ryan Anderson. And that, what, like I said, two for the price of one. Uh, no doubt the Rockets won this trade, I think, due to the fact that they're basically, like I said, receiving two for one uh, with the caliber of Ryan Anderson in Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Next, I want to talk about the Indiana Pacers and their big uh, recommitment to Nate McMillan, signing him to a multi-year contract extension. This was definitely a key move uh, for Indiana in this offseason, especially going into a very competitive Eastern Conference. And McMillan, the last season, led the Pacers to a 48-win season. And then, if you remember, the seven-game battle that they had with the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs in their first year without Paul George, but they had the resurgence of Victor Oladipo leading them uh, through the um, throughout the season and into the playoffs against the Cavaliers, uh, coming up short against them in seven games, however. Uh, next, I want to talk about the MLS, the MLS um, Major League Soccer of the United States. The standings, um, as recent, in the Eastern Conference, uh, similar to the NBA, they have an Eastern and Western Conference. The top three teams... Number one, the New York Red Bulls with 17 wins, 4 draws, and 7 losses. Atlanta United with 16 wins, 6 draws, and 5 losses. And then New York City FC with 14 wins, 6 draws, and 8 losses. Now, to go to the Western Conference, the top three teams we have are FC Dallas with 14 wins, 7 draws, and 6 losses. Uh, number two is LAFC with 13 wins, seven draws, and seven losses, and then finally sporting Kansas City with 13 wins, six draws, and seven losses. Now, how do the playoffs this year for the MLS work? So essentially what's going to happen is that on October 31st at 4.30, something known as Decision Day will take place. This is when all of the league's 22 teams will play at the same time um, at 4.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. And the knockout matches will be played on October 31st. And then on December 8th, the big day for the MLS is the MLS Cup Final, where the final two teams standing in both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference will face off um, for the MLS crown. It's similar to the NBA, but um, there aren't. it's only one and done. It's not a series. So whoever wins that one particular game will move on to the next round. And whoever wins the final game, that one final game, just like the World Cup, will be the eventual champion. Lastly, finally, I want to talk about something interesting concerning the Cavs, because this is the Cleveland Sports Show, so we do have to talk about uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers a bit. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, with the departure of LeBron James, I'm sure all of us Cleveland fans remember that iconic LeBron James sign um, right across the street from the queue, um, doing the famous uh, powder stance. The that now the fact that he's left for LA, um, they are planning on posting a new banner with the statue of the Hope Memorial Bridge, the face of that statue, and putting all for the land um, with the Cavaliers logo on that particular building that we all know of. Um, Brady, I want to get your thoughts. What is uh, your thought on this new poster, and how do you think it makes uh, Cavaliers fans look? You know, I don't disagree with putting that up. I mean, they had to put up something. You know, nobody wants to stare at that wall and just think about what happened. But, I mean, it symbolizes Cleveland, and, you know, I like the idea of what the poster is. 
And I also, uh, sorry, I didn't take this earlier. What were your thoughts on that Phoenix Suns Houston Rockets trade for uh, Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight? And- not, I thought it was an okay trade for Houston. You know, I'm not that confident they won that trade. I really like Ryan Anderson at that power forward spot. But, you know, I think it benefits both teams in, in their ways. And I think Houston's going to benefit more from it because they're taking another step ahead in beating the Warriors in the West. Now, if you think about it, with Carmelo Anthony, now the Suns, they basically have Houston's two starting forwards from last year. Now the Suns have Trevor Reason. Now they have Ryan Anderson. So it's that with their first pick in the NBA draft. I'm definitely interested and intrigued to see what they're going to put on the table this year, possibly making um, maybe an eighth, seventh seed in the playoffs. I definitely think the Phoenix Suns had a, a major offseason this year. And uh, just like the Browns, I think there's a lot of um, hype and enthusiasm for this new Phoenix team. Yeah, I know the Suns, they, they improved a lot this offseason, but I just don't know if it's enough to make the playoffs in in the West because of how tough the West is. I think there's still a good amount of teams ahead of them, but they're taking a good step forward in the right direction. Um, to get to get back on your point about the Cavs sign, I def- I don't think that it's probably the best decision. I, if I'm uh, the Cavaliers, I'm thinking of maybe just keeping the old LeBron sign to just remember all of the you know the four years that he came back and then the seven years that he was with the Cavaliers at first and putting eleven seasons in with the Cavaliers. I definitely think that, you know, we you, we have to look at that and remember all of the great things he did, not just on the basketball court, but off the basketball court with influencing, you know, the whole region of Northeast Ohio, especially with that new uh, school that he opened up in Akron. I think that keeping that original LeBron sign is the best way to go. I'm not really sure on why spending more money on on a sign that really doesn't incorporate LeBron James and all the magnificent things he's done for this franchise. I don't think that really um, works for the Cavaliers. I totally disagree with what you just said. Why would you want a sign-up of someone who doesn't even play on the team anymore, who plays in L.A., who left you twice? I think I get what you're saying of how much he did for this team in this city, but for us to acknowledge that is when he retires, after he retires. I think that's the right time to acknowledge what he did. Not right now. Not when he's playing for a different team and leaving the city once again. But both of us, do you remember in the later in the show, or sorry, earlier, when we stated when it was off-season time before he made his decision, we both said that he should leave. So we can't be all, you know, down and um, down in the dumps when he's left and now feel like it's the decision part two. It's not. He, we now we salute what he did. He brought us that championship, and we I think it's better if we recognize what he's done for us. And you know, putting a sign up there that really show doesn't really show that appreciation. Because what other appreciation is there for him um, besides that sign? If you really think about it, there's nothing else. And I think keeping up that sign, it has in the eyes of a Cleveland fan, it helps us remember those glory days of when LeBron was at his prime with Kyrie Irving, with Kevin Love, and the rest of that Cavs 2016 championship team. And even though, yes, he's left, like I said, if you, you know, when a relative of yours is gone or dies, you don't just forget about them by not having pictures of up in their room. This is kind of that uh, same, uh, same comparison, if you will. I think by putting up that picture in your room, hence in this case putting up that poster on the building, keeping that poster there, 
it gives the Cavalier fans a great reminder of the um, marvelous accomplishments that LeBron has done for the not just for Cleveland but the whole Northeast Ohio area. Yeah, like I said, I get what you're saying about how much he has done, but I think we need to acknowledge that after he retires, not while he's playing for a different team. I mean, like, why would we put him up in the, when he's not on the Cavs anymore? Yes, he's done a lot for this team. Yes, he's done a lot for the city, but I don't get why you'd want a picture of him up in the city when he's no longer with the with us. And I think he definitely deserves recognition for what he's done. And I think he der- deserves a statue, but after he retires. I think right now we just need to focus on the Cavs and who's on the team. And, you know, we need to be thankful for LeBron what he has done. But I don't think we need to acknowledge him right now when he's with L.A. Now for another Cleveland team. The Indians have been building up motivation for October so far this month in this month of September. They have been on a good winning streak, and they're playing in Toronto this weekend. and In the first series against, in the first game against Toronto on Thursday night, Lindor hit two home runs that powered the Indians to a ten to three win, ten to three win, and which is marks Lindor for his MVP campaign this season, along with Jose Ramirez. I think the Cleveland Indians are too far behind to catch Houston for the second seed. I mean, they're obviously going to win the Central. Um, I think it, from now until October, it's just about building up motivation. I won't, Actually, I want to talk about this trade. Josh Donaldson was tr- traded to the Cleveland Indians last week. I think it's a huge trade for the Indians. I think they need just one extra bet in their lineup for October and this is the right person. Even though he's hurt right now, he's on DL for 10 days. And his rehab assignment Akron, his first game he had a grand slam. So I think he's off to a great start and in rehabbing that he'll be for sure ready for October. And I'm very excited to see what happens with this team. A big question mark is who will be the closer in October. The Indians have three great guys in the back of the bullpen and Brad Hand, Andrew Miller, and Cody Allen. For me, it cannot be Cody Allen. It's too much inconsistency out of him for me. I'd rather see Hand or Miller, preferably Hand. I think Miller's a good setup guy, and that Allen comes in when you need him, in the ninth or the eighth or even the seventh. But I think Hand definitely deserves to be the closer. I think he's the most consistent out of all three. The thing with Miller is his injuries. And the thing with Allen's is inconsistency. So I think Hand deserves to be the closer, but we'll see how it plays out. And let's talk about Chief Wahoo. The Indians announced in the offseason that this will be the last season with Chief Wahoo on their uniforms. And we are, we already saw a sneak peek of it this weekend while they're playing in Toronto. Chief Wahoo is not on the sleeves of the uniform, and they're not wearing Chief Wahoo hats. And even though that they're still supposed to be wearing the logo through the season. I don't get why they're not wearing it in Toronto. It's part of the uniform still until the end of the season. So, you know, I hate that they're doing this, that they're taking away from the Cleveland Indians. I mean, it's been the logo since the beginning. 
and I think it's going to be a major change and I know a lot of fans are upset about it but you know it's just not right that they had to start this soon before the season even ended you know Brady and also to point out you know speaking of that uh, Chief Wahoo uh, logo if I'm not mistaken the Washington Redskins a very similar logo that you know no one has really made any comments about and I really don't see any reason unless there's a very you know a lot of serious issues begin to keep popping up but as you said a lot of fans are actually disappointed that the logo is going away now, in this case there's really no reason to change the logo unless multi unless there are hordes of people who are very upset about it um, like I said the Washington Redskins have a very similar logo and unless again unless there are very unless there's a huge chunk of people who hate the idea I think it's uh, I think you should consider just leaving the logo yeah we still have the Chicago Blackhawks and the Kansas City Chiefs logos too I feel like it's been mainly surrounded with the Indians logo I don't know why I don't get it I totally disagree with it I think all the teams should keep their logos and that who cares it's a logo it doesn't it's not a disgrace to anybody it's not meaning to hurt anybody I think all the teams should keep it, and, you know, I just hate that this has to happen. And it's not even, you know, racist to any specific group of Native Americans. It's just Cleveland Indians, not, you know, Cleveland Sioux, not any after any specific Native Indian group. Therefore, I don't think it's racist towards anyone. It's just a, a general, general team name. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the Indians will still be selling the logo in the team shop next season and keeping a hold of it for copyright reasons, but they won't be wearing them on a uniform. So it's going to be a huge difference for all MLB fans and Indians fans definitely next season. Now let's talk about the NFL. Week 1 starts a full slate of games on Sunday, September 9th. The NFL kicked off its regular season on Thursday night between the defending champs Philadelphia Eagles and versus the Atlanta Falcons. This was the rematch of an NFL divisional game last year in which the, in which the Eagles won in Nick Foles' first, first playoff game after Carson Wentz went down. And it was a similar outcome this past week. As it was a low-scoring game between two great teams, and Philly came on top at the end. Julio Jones had a big night and a loss for his team. And Eagles running back J.J. had two rushing touchdowns. And that's a great game for him because he only had one rushing touchdown the whole season last year with Miami and Philadelphia. I picked the Falcons to win that game because of the offense. But they just had a very hard time completing anything in the red zone. But I still do, I still do think that the Falcons are a great team that they will be making the playoffs and it's going to be a dogfight between them and the Saints for their division crown now do on what all the Cleveland fans have been waiting for the Browns home opener versus the Steelers it's going down as of now tomorrow at 1 o'clock the weather is going to be a huge factor and it's supposed to be non-stop downpour and 40 plus wind gusts throughout the game at times and this is all due for, from the leftover of that hurricane. 
Um, the NFL is in contact with the Browns and Steelers about possibly postponing it or rescheduling it. But I don't think they will. Definitely this late. It's less than 24 hours before the game. And I think if they were to reschedule it, it would have happened yesterday or late last night. But nothing happened since then. Um, I know everybody's been excited for the Browns because of that show hard knocks. Even the players seem more excited and more into it than they ever have been before. And to even add to it, the the Browns are underdogs by just three points this week. And last year, they only lost by three to the Steelers on their opening day last year, in which the Browns, of course, went 0-16 last season. But this is a different season. They have new QB, new running backs, new offensive coordinator, new star players like Jarvis Landry, Carlos Hyde, Tyrod Taylor. And you know, I would be excited if I'm a Browns fan. I would be excited about this season. And even if you don't make the playoffs, however many games you win, that's a huge improvement from last season since you won none. Um, rookie Denzel Ward is going to be huge on defense this year. And I know a lot of fans want Baker Mayfield to play, but I think the Browns are making the right decision finally by letting him ease into it behind a veteran. And I think Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback for the Browns. I think he has more weapons on offense to use this year than he did than he ever had in Buffalo. And I, I even think the Browns' defense is going to be pretty good this year. So if, if I'm the Steelers, I'm not taking this as an easy game. I'm thinking that we have to practice really hard and, fo- and focus on film to get ready for this game. And to even add to it, the Steelers are probably going to be without star running back Le'Veon Bell. As he has been holding out, he has not showed up to one practice, one training camp at all this offseason. And the Steelers players have been ripping him about it this past week. And, you know, I agree with the players. I would be so mad if that happened. I mean, we get it. You want your money, but you've been out long enough. Come join the team and finish your last season with this team. And I think this is one of the last years that the Steelers will be competing for the Super Bowl because Ben Roethlisberger is going to be getting old. He already is old, but I wonder how many years he has left. I say two or three. And then this year they'll be losing Le'Veon Bell for sure in the off season, unless they trade him before then. And then who's going to be the quarterback after Big Ben retires? I mean, Mason Rudolph they drafted in the second round, but he did not look that promising in the preseason. But hopefully he'll be learning a lot under Ben to replace him once he's done. The Steelers are going to pick to win the Super Bowl this year over the New Orleans Saints. But that's only if Le'Veon Bell plays 100%. Right now they have a backup running back, James Conner, and he's looked and he looked very well in the preseason. But I don't, but he's definitely not known Le'Veon Bell. He can he he cannot take all that workload in his second year. I think their defense is really good, and I think it's gonna be a good game between the Steelers and the Browns tomorrow. I do have the Steelers coming up on top. But I think the Browns will be very proud of their outcome t- tomorrow, even if it's a loss. And I want to get back to your point on the horrendous weather conditions for tomorrow's match, especially the fact that it's the First Energy Stadium is right on the shores of Lake Erie. just have a couple um, weather uh, stats here for you. Precipitation tomorrow is without a doubt 100%. 
humidity is going to be 80% with 25 mile an hour winds. Um, just uh, for those of you who are just getting onto this show, this is the Cleveland Sports Show, not the uh, Weather Channel. But I do want to talk. Do want to talk about uh, the weather uh, conditions for tomorrow and how that could impact the players' performances on the game. It's supposed to be a low of 64 uh, at game time with a high of 76. There's possibly some slight sunshine, but def- there are definitely going to be clouds within the area. So, Brady, I'm interested, but because you know so much about the Browns, because you know about you know each of their players, how they play, especially types of conditions that are played, uh, weather conditions in the NFL, what do you think um, tomorrow's forecast is going to bring uh, for the players, and how will it affect their performance tomorrow? I think it will be affecting it a lot. Definitely when it's nonstop rain, the, the field is going to be muddy. It's going to get messed up really fast the more it pours. My thing is going to be the run game is going to be huge impact tomorrow, as it always is in rain or snow games. When it rains and snows, the ball gets more wet, and teams tend to throw it less and give it more to the running back. And I think that's going to be a huge advantage tomorrow for the for the Browns, as the Steelers will be going with their backup running back for tomorrow. First game is going to be awful weather, and I think this. Browns defense is really going to take control of the game early. And I think th- that um, they're going to be ready for the pass game when it comes once the, the Steelers struggle from the, run- from the run. I still think because of the I still think because of the veterans on Pittsburgh that they're going to come out on top. But I think it's going to be very close like, like I said before. And that this Browns team they look better than they have been in the past few years. I mean, I think they'll win about six games this year. You know, miss the playoffs, but that's still six games better than they were last year. And that is a huge improvement. Um, you know, I think they start off a little bit slow, maybe starting off 0-2. I think their first win could be at home versus the Jets versus another rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold, on Thursday Night Football in two weeks. That's going to be another huge game. But I'd say tomorrow it could turn out either way. Browns win or they lose in a very close one. I think it's gonna come down to the to the towards the end of the game. And if it does come down to the kicking game, the weather's gonna have another huge impact on that. With that with that rain and wind. I mean, who knows what could happen tomorrow. Now with the rest of the NFL, I wanna make my week one picks. Tennessee opens up at Miami. I have Miami winning that game with the return of Ryan Tannehill. They did lose Jarvis Landry in the offseason to the Browns, but they brought in former Patriots wide receiver Danny Amendola. And I think he will be having a big game starting with Kenyon Drake at running back. I think Miami pulls this one out in a close one. And like I said before, Pittsburgh, I'd say they beat Cleveland. Even though it's going to be a very close one, and part of me wants to pick Cleveland really bad, but I just can't do it. I'm not picking Cleveland until they win the game. Houston opens up at New England, and this may surprise a lot of people, but I'm going with Houston for this one. Tom Brady is without Julian Edelman, Edelman, and he's without him for the first four games of the season. He lost Danny Amendola to the Miami Dolphins, and their defense 
got downgraded a lot this this offseason. I think I think Gronkowski will have a huge game do without Edelman playing. But I think the comeback of Deshaun Watson is gonna be too much for this New England defense to handle. And I think Houston comes up comes out on top late in the game. Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo was a playoff team last year, winning their final game versus Miami and getting help with Cincinnati beating Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins big tomorrow. I think Buffalo is definitely not that good of a team this year. They lost Tyrod Taylor, and they're going with Nathan Peterman, who threw five picks in one game before. So that's the story of that game. Baltimore wins big. Cincinnati at the Cincinnati Bengals go on the road to face the Colts. This is Andrew Luck's first game back in more than a year. He's been ready for this moment. He's looked good in the preseason. I project the Colts to come on top at home with Andrew Luck coming back. Jacksonville at the New York Giants. I think Jacksonville has a very good defense. I think they have a very good run game, and they have solid wide receivers. But I'm going with the Giants with a huge upset at home. With the addition of rookie running backs Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham coming back, I think the Giants will be a playoff contender this year, fighting for that final wild card spot. My prediction is that they come short of the wild card spot, but I think they turn out big at home tomorrow in an upset win. Dallas at Carolina. I think Dallas is a interesting team. I think they don't have enough wide receivers to be a playoff team. They have a They have a very good running back in Ezekiel Elliott, but they have Dak Prescott, who's a huge, huge question mark for me. I say Carolina at home takes advantage of all these question marks for Dallas, and they beat them. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is without quarterback James Winston for the first three games of the season due to suspension. And I think, even though they're at home, I think their backup quarterback is a solid one, but I think New Orleans is just, is just too much for them to handle smart. New Orleans comes out on top. San Francisco at Minnesota. And I know a lot of people want to pick San Francisco to win this game because of Jimmy Garoppolo, who has even came out and said that he's better than Tom Brady. Now, I think that's definitely not true. I think he's overconfident, but I like his confidence. But Minnesota at home, they have a great defense. Minnesota comes out on top. Washington at Arizona. I think this is going to be a very close game, another one, between two teams that, are, that want to make the playoffs, but I don't think will. I think Arizona has a better chance at the playoffs. David Johnson coming back. Sam Bradford, an upgrade at quarterback from Carson Palmer. And I, I think Arizona wins at home tomorrow, and I think Arizona is a sleeper team for me this year. They're, it's going to be a, a boom or bust year for them. I think they fall just short of the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. Seattle, Seattle at Denver. I say Denver wins this game because of their defense. Seattle, they had, they're known for their great defense, but they've lost a lot of key pieces the past two years, and I think they're going to be about a 6-10 and 10 team this year. Denver takes this one. Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers. I think this is one of the biggest games tomorrow. I think this, this is going to be a dogfight in L.A., but I say L.A. takes it. And 
the Chargers are my pick to go win that division. I think Kansas City. I think a lot of team, a lot of people think that they're a bad team. I don't think they're that bad. They have a good offense, but the huge question mark is Patrick Mahomes, their new quarterback. And for me, there's just too many other good defenses in that division, and Kansas City falls in second place, and they lose the game smart. Chicago at Green Bay. This is another classic game. Every year it seems like it tends to be on national television at night at Green Bay. Green Bay takes this one. I like. I love the trade of Khalil Mack to Chicago. That improves their defense a lot. I think they will be giving Aaron Rodgers problems tomorrow night in his first game back. But I just see Green Bay coming out on top and Aaron Rodgers lighting it up late. The New York Jets at Detroit Lions. This game I had a lot of trouble picking this game. I love the pick of Sam Darnold by the New York Jets. He looked great in the preseason. And I think he'll be a very good rookie quarterback. But I think that Matthew Stafford and that offense is just too much for that defense to handle. I love their running back pick carry on Johnson in the first round. Not in the first round, I'm sorry. But in the draft. And they've struggled at their running game in recent years, but I think they'll be back this year. Detroit comes on top on Monday Night Football. And to finish off the week, the Los Angeles Rams at the Oakland Raiders. I have the Los Angeles Rams winning that division. And I think Oakland, I I did have them close to coming in the playoffs, but with trading Khalil Mack, that does downgrades their defense a lot. The Rams take that one in Oakland. And those are my picks for week one in the NFL. And as always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back again.